Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sands Pants Radio. Uh, <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films just need pitching. Today, we're looking at Speed 3. And um, we've got a special guest. This is Adam. Hello. Say hi, Adam. Tell, tell the internet who you are. I'm uh, Adam. I'm a producer and screenwriter from Brisbane. I did a screenwriting course with a bunch of these lads down here in Melbourne. And I'm visiting, and I love Speed more than anyone else in the world. It's true. He, it's he a big call. The movie, not the, not the illicit substance. Yeah. What do we think of Speed? I love it. Yeah, I, I had never seen it. Um, I saw it about a year ago, and uh, I've watched it five or six times in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I just thought it was kind of this trashy 90s action film, which in many ways it is. Hmm. Always happy to rewatch it. When did you discover it? Um, I mean, I saw it as a kid, and back then I just assumed it was like – you know, you get excited about action movies as a kid. I loved it back then. But then when I watched it again as an adult, I don't know, three, three four years ago or something, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, this holds up. It's like uh, some of the movies from the 90s I was thinking about, like um, the Michael Bay movies, the Nick Cage ones, The Rock. Yeah, uh, yeah. We watched it, that. It does not hold up. And it did not hold up at no. all. But we, we watched it and we thought, you know, the problem with The Rock is that the movie's crazy. But the villain is not having fun in The Rock, yeah. whereas he is in Speed. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very think much that a staple a of the 90s action movie. Yeah. you got to have your villain. He's kind of enjoying himself. Yeah. Dennis Hopper's certainly having a good time in that film. It's not necessarily a good performance. Hey, but hey it's pretty good. He's I having know, fun. Man. There's a couple of times where he has to laugh. And <laughs> his, <laughs> his, <laughs> his evil is laugh is 
so ridiculous that it almost comes back around <laughs> and becomes evil again. Yeah, yeah. Was that- Dennis Hopper ever actually good? Well, like, I'm trying to think what I've seen revered, him in, but outside of Speed, like I, I know mean, he's he did done a good job in Easy Rider movies. back in the day. He played himself in Entourage. He had a chainsaw fight with Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. What do you mean chainsaw fight? Like, they both held. They chainsaws? both held chainsaws and jeweled with them. It was like sparks flying off and stuff. Yeah. He goes into Leatherface's lair at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because he's playing a tortured cop who who um who basically Aren't they all? Yeah, yeah. Um who's I think his wife was killed by Leatherface or so it's been a long time since I've seen that film and I have no intention of rewatching it. But um he has a tooling up montage from memory where he straps two chainsaws to his belt and then he goes in to fight Leatherface and they literally have a sword fight with chainsaws. Ah, it sounds like the best thing ever. It's mm. pretty spectacular. Um, Leatherface also has a scene where he tries to like seduce a woman and he isn't capable of doing it. So he just puts a chainsaw to his crotch and thrusts for a while at her and she gets oddly charmed by it. So we still haven't found like his prestige. Blue Velvet? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Blue Velvet, but yeah, apparently it's good. But yeah, no, so I I don't know. Speed, to be honest, did nothing for me about uh, selling me on Dennis Hopper's credibility as an actor. Good comedian. Made me love him, though. Like, yes. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah. You kind of come away from it going, I really love what he did. Yeah. He's, like, he's, it's, it's ridiculous. But so does the movie. The movie's yeah, absurd. He fits the movie well. Yeah. He's yeah. got some good little little moments in there, too. The movie's- Things like how he, like, he holds the phone, like, to one ear with the other side of his hand before yeah. it's revealed that he's got a disfigurement on yeah, one hand. Yeah, like, Little things like that, you know, yeah. and it really adds up. It hits a really good balance, that film, between being... Very self-aware, but also very well put together. Like, it has, like, plenty of, like, great little quips. It doesn't take itself too seriously. But at the same time, you are also kind of on the edge of your seat. It is very well made. You want to see what happens. You want to see how they get out of it. While being... Fairly ridiculous and fairly yeah. over the top, mm. but not not so over the top that you're like laughing at it. Like well, it's, it's very knowing. It's, it's very. Not, it's not one of those movies that's so ridiculous that it can't come back from it. Like it always. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just absolutely. Lands. I don't know. And I think part of that's Sandy and Keanu. Yeah, and, and it's I, pretty basic, sort of low level, sort of flirting. But yeah, yeah, they sell it. But and just it the works. final line of the film. I love the final line of the film. The you know you know that relationships based on high stress situations don't last. And she's like, well, we have to base on sex then, and that's it. <laughs> the end. Like great. Yeah. And what about Speed Two? Where does where does that um? Have you guys? seen speed Two? No, i haven't that should people no you shouldn't because like the cardinal sin that it makes is that it's slow it just drags like it's a bad movie but it's not even a bad movie where you can enjoy how bad it is the director wrote and directed it Jean, Jean, Jean de bont, de bont. Oh, i think okay. um he did speed as well oh, okay but speed um, which was great and then he did twi- script, twister yeah. which was charming but less great yeah. and then he did speed two it's based off this dream he had apparently um, <laughs> about a cruise ship like that is not a good start. plowing into a pier and that's all he wanted to base it on. He built the rest of this movie around this yeah. final climactic scene mm. and the scene where the boat plows into this pier where there's a bunch of holidays like in the Caribbean islands or whatever, yeah. it goes for like 10 to 15 minutes mm. and he just gets multiple takes and angles of it. He's just so gorged and erect over the idea <laughs> of driving a boat into a wooden pier. And this was from his dream. Look, it's Apparently. James Cameron had a dream about Terminator and that turned out okay. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, I suppose it's pressure. James Cameron good. and Jan de Bont. Well, they are. They're different. They are two auteurs to be mentioned in the same breath mm, as each absolutely. other. Absolutely. Um, they both had equal influence. Hey, speed's better than Avatar. So, yeah. yeah. No, so. <laughs> that's. <laughs> It was supposed to be for Keanu Reeves. It was clearly written for Keanu Reeves yeah. to reprise the role of Officer Jack Trevins, but Keanu wanted no partner. He, he had enough instinct back then to say, nah, cut, cut his losses. Sandy, however. Is she good in it? Is she still charming? She's the best part about it. I'd okay, say. I'm not surprised. Her and um, 
Oh, if we're talking about villains enjoying their screen time, Willem Dafoe just <gasps> chews it up. It- See, I could I could get behind that. I could almost watch it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit too ridiculous, though. Okay. So what about the thing from is, Speed 2? Okay, Speed 2, basically, it's made in 97, so that's three, three years after Speed 1, and now Annie is with Officer Alex Shaw, He's also a cop and she she left Jack because she wanted to get away from the high-stress boyfriend. Yeah. And Alex keeps promising her that he's going to take a desk job or whatever. Meanwhile, he's just accepted the job and SWAT whatever. So to make up for it, he takes her on a cruise. Okay, cool. And when they're on the cruise, there's a bunch of different passages they get to interact with. There's families. Uh, there's – trying to remember some of the memorable ones. There's a family and they've got a deaf – daughter and so there's a bunch of issues there where he's like she can't hear the stress and like oh get out of the way so that sort of shit and then officer Shaw has to come and save the day and um this little teenage girl gets infatuated with him and then there's oh who's that actor who played like boba fett or whatever um, the Kiwi guy. Yeah, yeah yeah he's in it he's in it um he's like the i know the first mate or something he's like his only ally on the ship who believes that shit's going down mm-hmm. and basically willem dafoe is like a disgraced computer programmer turned hacker who's decided to get his comeuppance for being fired from his job working for the cruise liners to take over the cruise liner he built the system for and he's holding everyone hostage and he wants his big paycheck. Okay. That's pretty much it. Okay. Can I ask, if Keanu was in it, would you have enjoyed it more? Would, would, it, oh, have been, yeah. would it have been pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is, is um, Jason Patrick, the guy who plays Alex Shaw, mm. the stand-in for Keanu, and he's so clearly a stand-in too. Yeah. He's like people say that Keanu Reeves is acting is lifeless, but this guy is just a whole enough level. Yeah, um, okay. But I don't know. I kind of choose to blame the director over Jason Patrick. Okay. It's forgivable enough that I've decided to give him another shot at his character. Okay. All right. Cool. <clears throat> so should we crack into it? Yeah. Yes. Wait. Sorry. Who's having another crack? Patrick. You. You. You'll find out, mate. So I'm gonna like um, probably try and race through this a bit quickly, fittingly. Um, I do have a flight to catch after this, so. Um, this Big is going to be a bit shot. speedy, hey. but because I rewrote some of the structure this morning, I might sort of it might be a bit disjointed, but we'll see how we go. Righto. So this is set in present day. Well, probably actually in a couple of years. No, present day works. Sure. Um, so it's about twenty years after Speed Two. So we open on the fast-paced roads of America. The credits are rolling. The camera's flying. Probably a drone shot is kind of what I envision. High view, bird's eye view over the freeway, and we're like slowly zooming in until we realize we're following a bus. We'll have our title, Speed 3. I feel like I need like a subtitle there, but I haven't come up with one yet. And then the bus veers off the freeway to an exit, and then we're now with the bus. We pull up and get two new passengers on there. One man in you know his 30s, he's distracted with his phone, and the other one is a hooded figure carrying a huge duffel bag. So the distracted man, his phone takes a seat uh, while the... Put a figure rummages around his bag for a moment, pulls out a gas mask and slips it on. A couple of the passengers notice, but they're kind of a bit sort of a bit hesitant until a big cloud of gas starts emanating from duffel bag. They all start to freak out and panic, start to cough. Some try to get off, but it, they don't get very far because this is pretty strong knock, knockout gas. We maybe see like a last little foggy point of view shot, seeing the hooded figure uh, starting to pull big electronics from, from a duffel bag. Cut to the next scene where Keanu is flying through the air in slow motion. Cool. Very reminiscent of the entrance. In a, in a car? No, in a car. He's just, it's just his person. Um, okay. This is the way that um, Keanu Reeves is introduced in Speed 1. 
just out of nowhere, he's just in a car and he just f- jumps through the air and just pulls in a screeching halt in front of the yeah. building where the hostage situation is. It's ridiculous, but I felt like it was a staple. So in this one, we've got Keanu flying through the air, but it's not a jump. This is a fall. Okay. And he eats shit. Uh, he, injures his, he injures his leg and we realize that we're actually out the front of, of a rehab center somewhere up in Northern California. Um, so where Keanu's living nowadays. And um, this is not the Jack Travins we remember from okay. Speed 1. He's all fucking sullen-cheeked and lank hair, kind of like... Uh, think like, like um, John Wick? Think John Wick at his, like, grievous. Yeah, okay. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe crossed with a bit of Bale's machinist. Like, he's looking fucking oh, terrible. Boy. Yeah, okay. He's just stepped out of a rehab center and he's fucking trips down the stairs like an idiot. And as he sort of, like, he sits up and he holds his leg wincing, a young woman races from a waiting car. Dad, are you okay? Oof. This is Katie Travins. Okay. His uh, 21-year-old daughter. 21. Um, she seems yeah, like, we don't know much about her yet, but she seems intelligent. She's obviously compassionate. She's a bit tough, but a bit unsure of herself. Played by? Played by, um, I'm not, I'm, I haven't settled on anyone. I was trying to think of someone who could remind me of like a young Sandra Bullock, maybe a, um, maybe Anna Kendrick, maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. cool. And of course, just like her mum, she's a bit goofy, but wholly endearing, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm fine, Squirt. Uh, you don't ever have to worry about me. I'm definitely not worth your time. She, like, shushes him up, stands him up. She says you'd be right back. He protests, but she ducks back inside the rehab clinic and emerges with a single crutch. He reluctantly accepts, and he's like, uh, do we really have to go to this thing? Uh, what's the point of it all anyway? She's insistent. She's like, yes, we do. Everyone else is going to be there. He's like, even? No, no. Dad, something happened. He got delayed for one more day. Good, he says. Piece of shit. He doesn't fucking deserve. Dad, I'm not doing this again. Not today, okay? She wipes away a tear, helps him out on his crutch, and she just murmurs one last time. She helps him in the car. He's not the man you think he is without making eye contact. Now we cut to a new scene. This has got a different color grade on this. This is a bit more yellowish. Okay. You see a bus pull up and some boots get onto uh, this bus. It's a very different bus. This isn't the nice flash one that they were driving in back in America. The bus pulls away and we see this is actually in Mexico. The bus has just picked up a passenger from outside of a Mexican prison. Okay. (laughs) We get on the bus and we see the passengers got on there. It's Alex Shaw. He's just got out of prison. He doesn't want to look at anyone. He sits down in one corner of the bus and looks out the window and he actually fails to realize that everyone else in the bus has their eyes locked on him. Okay. We're back with Jack and with Katie. They get to a cemetery. In a bit of a stop-start screech, Katie's really not very confident driving. She's a terrible driver. And she definitely knows too. She fixes his collar and he kind of steals himself. And then they move to join a crowd where we see a few familiar faces. We've got Sam, the bus driver. He's back. Ortiz, or as you might remember him, Gigantor. We've got Stevens, who's Alan Ruck. And we've even got Ray, who is the Hispanic shooter, the guy, the criminal. Everyone's come. Everyone's come to this event. And as Katie moves to the front, we see a big portrait of Annie, Sandra Bullock. (gasps) This is her memorial. You motherfucker, fella! (sighs) Fuck. Katie makes her way to the front of the crowd. She uh, she begins her eulogy. Her mother wasn't um, much one for preamble. Instead, she'd rather just say a few words and then head off to go get a drink or ten, which is. A pretty bitter pill to swallow, seeing as it was actually the drink which got her into this sort of rough spot anyway. When did Keanu and Sandy have a daughter? 
Is that after speed two? Are we going to find out? Mate, be patient. All right. Okay. Katie talks about, and her mother, she once got to this place, this very sad place, back when she was a single mother of a 10-year-old girl struggling with addiction and PTSD. But then it was those friends, friends from that PTSD Facebook group that she led, the people who are here today with us. Uh, They were the people who helped bring her back from the brink. But it actually wasn't until she reconnected with her former flame, Jack, who was in a very sort of lost place himself and with each other, they actually managed to find their way back to form a happy life. Jack became Katie's father and um, they were happy for several years. Katie sort of conveys this all in her monologue, uh, in her sort of eulogy, and then she gets towards the end of it. She's like, we'll never know exactly what changed in her mind at the end there, which caused her to reveal, uh, revisit this dark place, but we all have to acknowledge that we couldn't have done anything else. This wasn't our fault, none of us. She's addressing this last line towards her stepdad, Jack. But he refuses to make eye contact. He just gets up and walks to the back, leaving the ceremony. One hand leaning heavily on his crutch, the other one wiping away a greasy tear from his cheek. Wow, man. We're over with Keanu as he's uh, burning a cigarette with the groundskeeper that he's trapped down. Um, he doesn't have anything because he's just got to rehab. He's eyeing off Katie as she's chatting to the guest. She's doing the good job. She's being strong for him. He's, he's not up to it. When uh, Jack's phone rings. He ignores it for a second before answering the unknown number. And on the other end is a distorted voice. Hello, Jack. He's like, uh, who the fuck is this? Uh, that's not your concern. Jack's head is like on a swivel. He's looking for someone playing prank on him. Katie notices something weird and starts to head over. That's not your concern. What your concern is the 25 hostages that are arriving on a bus at your location in two minutes. Jack just hangs up and continues smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Katie's like, who is that? No one. Phone rings again, and he declines a call. Dad, don't worry about it. It's either some fucko playing a sick prank or someone who's overestimated what kind of man I am. His phone buzzes one more time with a message. He doesn't care, but Katie snatches the phone. He finishes his cigarette as Katie's face drains of color. Dad, what? It's it's mum. Keanu frowns and takes the phone. He sees a looping video of a tied up and gagged Annie in a chair with a text below. What? Thought you might need some extra incentive. What? Keanu's face changes instantly, and as he looks up to see a bus pulling up, he just drops everything and starts rushing towards the bus. What the fuck? So some of her, uh, some of her closer friends, Ortiz, Stevens, Ray, they were talking over at the side. They know there's something weird's going on, so they intercept Katie's following Jack. What's going on? Ortiz says, uh, "It's happening again. I think someone took Mum. They faked a suicide or something." The guys turn to see Jack limping after the bus with his crutch and realization dawns over Alan Ruck first, Stevens. He sprints off after Jack. He's not letting him do this alone. Ray, instead of running towards the bus, he heads over to where he's got a, a Harley parked nearby. He's gonna help too. Katie's torn. <laughs> she looks at her she looks at her keys hesitantly. She's uh, she's shaking a bit. Ortiz sees this and he grabs him from him. I'll drive Katie. Oh Ortiz. You don't have, have to do this, Ortiz. Man. No. My family's all grown up now. Hell i got a grandkid. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need me anymore, but your parents saved my life. you got to let me help. She concedes and they take off towards her car just as Jack sort of steps onto the bus, followed by Ruck. They don't need me anymore. <laughs> i got a grandkid. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so Jack steps onto the bus to find two dozen terrified faces of the passengers. Every one of them has an explosive vest strapped to their chest. Mm. All blinking lights and wires, very goddamn ominous. He gets another phone call and answers immediately. Listen, you sick fuck. I'll only explain this once, Jack. 
Oh, is she is she still alive? Yes, for now. Call outlines the rules of his game. This is how it works. There's another bus a long way to the south, filled with passengers in the same situation as him, and they are all linked to their very own vest with the GPS system that means they all have to stay within a certain radius of each other or the vests are going to explode. Uh, anyone who falls outside that radius, they're done. It's over. It'll blow up. Why the fuck would you, Jack? Don't test me. And he tells Jack that the radius is already shrinking and if he wants to spare those innocent lives, they better get moving. If he wants to save Annie, that moving better be fast. The driver has a cell phone which he hands to him and there's you know a map on there, the status of this radius, and the caller says he'll be in touch. Jack looks at the driver who is staring, wide-eyed and waiting. No one knows what to do. Jack takes the phone from him. Drive south. Now. Now. Keanu snatches the phone uh, as the bus takes off. Ruck is taking photos like an idiot. <laughs> when he asks what's going on, Keanu tells him there's some psycho on, out to ruin his life again and there's another bus they have to get to. Where is it? Asks Ruck. Jack looks at the map, starts to analyze it. The large flashing red circle covered with blips where he is and then also down further in Mexico. <sighs> that fucking prick. Ruck takes another photo. Back down in Mexico, Shaw looks out the window when the woman t- a woman taps him on the shoulder. She's in her late 30s. She's got long red hair and sports a French accent. And she tells him, uh, I'm not going to bother with the French accent. I won't be able to do it. Uh, this is for you. Uh, she offers a cell phone. Uh, he just ignores her for a second. Please? He looks at her. He finally looks at her and notices her terror first. And then the explosive vest she's wearing. And then the explosive vest everyone's wearing. This is Flo, by the way. She's um, a passenger on his bus. And she's kind of gorgeous in a damsel in distress kind of way. The phone rings and he answers and then we hear, hello, Alex. That's a distorted voice speaking to him too. We're then visiting Annie in a cell. She's raging against her bonds. It's pretty blank and featureless. She can't see anything around her. Um, she finally manages to shuck her gag um, from her mouth. Hey, asshole, let me go. A one-armed figure stands up from a large bank of computer monitors and screens and electrical stuff. He just slams the door shut in her cell, silencing her. Back up in America, um, well, back up with Jack Ortiz is driving Katie's car. They're weaving through traffic, trying to catch up to the speeding bus ahead. She gets a phone call from Ruck, who's on the bus with Jack, and talk about what's going on. She asks Keanu about what's what's going on with his explosives, and so he has to sort of relay it to Ruck, who's on the phone, back to Katie. He does like a bit of a shitty job translating it, very reminiscent <laughs> of the first movie. He's frustrated and it's just it's been too long since he's looked at anything like this everything's changed since he uh since he had to leave the force and he swore he'd never look at another bomb again we can see it's a pretty painful subject for him he finishes up with a message to ruck we're fucked ruck's like uh, we're uh, in a lot of trouble <laughs> this is gonna where it starts to get a bit sort of loosey-goosey i'm happy for you guys to iron out some kinks if you spot them we get to a point where um, they manage to get in contact with each other. And when we see that Keanu hates Sean's guts and Sean resents Keanu for stealing his family, we're going to have like a conference call that Katie set up. So she's going to interrupt them. You know, they've got a job to do. Sean doesn't know really how to use a smartphone. He's been in prison for 20 years. So um, he enlists Flo's help. Despite her limited English, she still actually manages to sort of like do everything she needs to do. And they, Katie manages to plan sort of a route which is going to help them get closer together and sort of buy them some time for the, from this shrinking radiance coming from the north and the south. Yep. And to do that, they're going to have to cut through a back road. 
Back on the bus, Jack gets another call from the villain. He starts talking about his demands for money. Jack's uh, like, oh, do we talk to police? He's like, no police. Any police come, you're all dead. So I don't want, I want any, any sign of them. If a cop guy gets too close to you, I'll know. And you're all gone. He's like, how are we supposed to get the money? The villain sort of basically says, between the passengers of the two buses, you guys have enough money, $20 million. He hangs up. And the passengers were like, what? They start to turn each other. Someone rich here who's holding out. Why doesn't anyone put money forwards? They start to fight. And then it comes out that that last guy to get on the bus, the last one that was picked up, the distracted guy's phone, he's some tech millionaire, Northern California type. He starts trying to make excuses. Oh, I don't have that much liquid. Oh, no. But they're not fucking having a bar of it. It starts a big fight on the bus. Jack's not sort of his old self. He can't break it up. The fight sort of spills over. Sort of, I don't know, interferes with the driver, running the bus off the road. Yep. Back in Katie's car, she's sort of driving ahead to sort of clear the clear the way when she notices that the radar has changed. She's got something on her phone too. She's yep. good with tech. I don't sure. know exactly what it is. And she's noticed that Jack and all his passenger blips, they've stopped moving. She doesn't know exactly what's going on, but she, she calls up Jack and finds out they're bogged. What the fuck are they going to do? Ortiz are here, though. I think I know a guy. Uh, back down in back down in Mexico, Shaw's forced to push his bus to its limits. This is an old rinky dink Mexican bus, yep. you know. And he's pushing it. It's fucking the revs are through the roof, but they gotta do it because he's gotta make up the slack for the other bogged bus. Yeah. His radius is still shrinking. What's the radius? Like what is it? And uh, is it is it continually shrinking? Yeah, so they've yeah. got to keep getting closer and yeah, closer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah. It's like a sort of a big circle on the map. They're all within it and it's constantly shrinking. Yeah. With kind of like so they, they the, know. The center, they can see it. They've got yeah. like an app on their phone sent from sure. the bad guy or something. Cool. He, he gave both of them a phone and that's how they're sort of tracking it. Katie sort of figured out a way to sort of track it yeah, as well. So it's not a matter of like, oh, they're bogged. We'll just stop and the radius will stay. The radius no, is no, shrinking. No, no, the radius shrinking. is shrinking. Cool. Got shrinking cool. from the center of where they are, okay, which cool. Northern California, Mexico. Yep. I'll just in case you want a bit of geography, the center of that is LA. Ooh, right. Yeah. Gotcha. You'd see this if there was the map. So I got to send the picture. Cheers. So- Shaw's pushing his truck. Uh, it's bloody roaring. Does not sound good, but they know they've got to keep going with it. Cut to back up in the back roads in Northern California, and the passengers are all out. They're trying to push the bus. There's no avail. The rich guy offers to help pushing. They all shout him to fucking shut up and get back on the phone and organize this money. Just when things are, they hear a beep on their vests, and they realize this is like the first warning alert right okay the beeps are going to start to get faster if the radius is getting too close to them they all start to freak out when then up rocks two big towing trucks from gigantor towing uh, <laughs> uh, is it the family that he didn't need helping him out now <laughs> yeah, I don't know. is it his wife <laughs> No, he doesn't need to. He's left them set up. Okay, he does not worried about leaving. Can his them. wife be driving the the tow trucks, oh. and then like, and then she pulls it out, and like, there's a swell of music, and he very proudly goes, "I got a wife." <laughs> yeah. Are they gonna be like, "Who's gonna drive the truck?" I got a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Back down in Mexico, their vests have start to beep. They're like, "Fuck!" They're trying to push it as fast as they can, but they can't do it. They start to get two beeps. They really start to freak out. When then all of a sudden, it drops back down to one. And then it stops. They check the thing. The other bus is moving again. They celebrate. Everyone's sort of like a moment of sort of relief and calm. Shaw celebrates by embracing embracing flow and laughing. It's a sweet moment. Very reminiscent of Jack and Annie from Speed One. Yeah. Back on Keanu's bus, they're now flanked by the two trucks from Gigantor Towing. Uh, they're yeah. making good time again. 
Katie takes the opportunity to dig into sort of like this tech surrounding the, the bombs or whatever. She gets on the phone. She's conversing with the, the rich tech guy. They're kind of trying to work together. And he's trying to start to reverse engineer the villain's plan. Uh, sure, back in Mexico, he uh, gets the call from Katie. She needs some information from his end to get to the bottom of, of how it works. And so they actually have to get to have a bit of a talk. And um, he thanks her for being the only one who ever actually believed that he didn't rape that girl. She knew he was innocent and she communicated that in all the letters that she wrote to him when he was in prison. And he agrees, yeah, he was innocent, but he did actually kill those men when he was in prison. You know, and that's why he was in there for 20 years, you know. She, she still believes it was self-defense. She just complete faith in him. This is the sort of thing which actually squeers a tear out of his eye. He hasn't had a chance to chat to Katie before. Letters, sure, but not over the phone. Sure. And then she's looking at the, the stuff and she's just like, you guys are getting pretty close. What's your plan for crossing the U.S. border? <laughs> Shit. Sure got caught up and completely forgot about it. Fuck. Maybe they can do some bribes or something, you know, get something through the bus. He's like, leave it to me for a minute. I'll see how I go. He hangs up. And just then, the noises from the old bus that have been straining, they get worse. They bang. Smoke starts to billow. The engine starts to die. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Back up in California, Jack uh, tells Katie he has to speed it up. You know, now it's their, their turn to pick up the slack from this sort of encroaching border of doom. <laughs> Uh, they don't know how the other guys are going to cross this border, but um, they know that they got to sort of make good time. And then they hear the whoop, whoop of a siren. It's a sheriff from oh, uh, no. sort of a, a county. Uh, he's booked him speeding. Oh, no. And Jack gets a call from the villain. He's watching them. And he's like, Jack better get rid of him because if he doesn't, it's all fucking over. He's very clear on the rules. They don't know what to do. But then out of nowhere, Ray on his hog. The criminal from the first one. Oh, nice. yeah. He's been following along the back. He's not on the phone. He doesn't know what's going on, but he can tell this much. He roars past and the sheriff has no choice but to go after him, which actually gives Jack an idea. He tells Ortiz to get in one of his trucks and go after Ray. They're going to need his help. Back in Mexico, the passengers are getting very frantic. As the bus limps close to the border, it's not making good time at all. There's no way they're going to get through in this. It draws way too much attention. The bus finally comes to a shuddering halt. It only takes the first beep from the shrinking radius on their vests to make the passengers abandon the bus and completely freak out. They start running for the border. Fuck. They're not going to make it though. The beeping picks up. They've got no chance. When all of a sudden their wails are drowned out by the sound of a dozen chopper engines. They're surrounded by a Mexican biker gang. The leader approaches, sure, and I couldn't, I didn't want to like be insensitive and write like a, hey, I say, whatever. But basically Ray is, is like, oh, Ray Sanchez sent me, said he could use my help. You know, it's 20 years later. Raise the top of his criminal game. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Back up in Jack's bus. Uh, everyone's leaning over and watching the radius closely. They can see the border's getting close. They can see it's tense. They don't know what the plan is yet. They hear a beep because it kind of happens on both ends. But it stops. They're moving again. They must have got through. Cut back down to the border and three dozen bikies, most with passengers clinging on to the back of a dear life are running fucking amok through the cars. They're going to run the border. <laughs> um, <laughs> They've abandoned they, the bus. What's that? They've abandoned the bus. They've abandoned the bus. Oh, boy. Now they're, okay. on a, now they're on a, a fleet of a fleet of. Do these choppers. bikies know that they're wearing bombs? <laughs> or are they just like, eh, it's helping out Cousin Whatever, Ray? Mate. They're helping out Cousin Ray. He's a scary dude. So yeah, they have, sure. do, they have to do what he sure. says. I'm sold. Um, <laughs> So these bikes going in, they've got some ones for, um, for decoys and everything. Yep. The border guards are overwhelmed and they all get through. Well, 
except for one bikey who, uh, like a guard on his game, shoots one of the bikies down, the passenger falls off the back. Oh, everyone rides through, except for one. It's Shaw. He's uh, he's on the back of a bike being ridden by Flo. I don't know how she got one, but I wanted to have them together on a bike. Yep. They watch back in horror. The passenger stands up, and we can see him looking down at the blinking light on his vest. Armed border guards surround him. They're screaming at him. He can't do anything. All of a sudden, there's a mighty boom, and he's just gone, just vaporized. The guards have gone flying. He didn't make inside the radius. We're back up at our county's bus, and they get the bad news. Fuck. But then they notice that Ruck doesn't believe him. He's starting to melt down. What's going on? Like, no one was supposed to die. No one was supposed to die. Oh, no. I just wanted to Fucking get back to Ruck. where I was after 94. I just wanted more <laughs> photos. <laughs> Oh. find out that Ruck, he'd actually made himself quite famous for taking the photos of the very high-stress situation in 1994. Oh, Ruck. And he became a journalist and he did Ruck, the press circuits fuck. and he wanted to chase it up again. Oh, you piece of shit. But he thought he was in charge of this, but clearly he didn't know everything that was going on. Oh, they, they weren't God. supposed to die. Keanu, he just starts beating on him. He doesn't have the patience <laughs> like he used to. He's laying into him. Ruck's kind of melting down. He wants to know more. The, Ruck doesn't actually know who the, the head honcho is. You know, just a guy who calls himself the player or some other sort yep. of generic name. But then um, Katie, who's, who's in all this stuff, she clicks and she's like, wait, is there a traitor on the other bus as well? And Ruck, who's kind of bleeding and kind of sobbing, he just, he just, he starts uh, murmuring out, oh, she, she just wanted to replicate her trauma like I did, you know? She, she thought she might be able to finally win him over, thought he finally wouldn't reject her. And then Katie realizes it's fucking Drew. It was the deaf girl from Speed 2 that was infatuated with Alex Shaw. <laughs> oh. She'd engineered a scenario to try to chase him down because. He rejected her for Annie at the end of Speed 2. Well, in a polite way, but uh, she was messed up from experiencing traumatic circumstances. She kept hitting on him. If you knew the, saw the movie, you would yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was a kid. Uh, she was. Okay. So this a few years be, later. Yeah, of course, she's yeah, been obsessed like, with him and she engineered scenario. And then when he spurned her, she framed him for statutory rape. Oh. oh holy shit. He's been in prison for 20 years ever since. Oh, you are. Oh, fuck. Hey, Why geez. in Mexico? Well, that's where it happened because in speed, they were in Caribbean. It happened just after that. It was in Mexico. I don't know. Just after that. Oh. I wanted the border crossing. That's basically sure, yeah. it. Yeah, that's no, cool. <laughs> Good. That's fucked. <laughs> that is. This is. That's fucking heavy. <clears throat> 20 years. Well, it's not a 20 year crime sort of sentence, but. He went away for 20 years. He, uh, he. It's because he, he killed people. He killed in people prison, in yeah. prison. Yeah. And Katie was right. It was self defense. Yeah. But. Uh, now he's out, and she was right. She knew he was innocent all along. Yeah, she was the only one who knew. Fucking she Katie. knew how. She just knew, and now she knows she's got to get her real father away from this fucking psychopath. They try to call, but somewhere in the process, Shaw has actually lost his phone. He's on the bike with Drew, racing to catch up to the passengers. They're far down the back. They can see this that that's one right down. But the she's back. deaf, so Flo is Drew. Yeah, yeah. Give me a minute. Okay, all right. Keanu tells, yeah, he admits that Katie was right all along. You know, Shaw wants it innocent. Katie has to warn him. She uh, finally abandons her anxiety and the fucking foot goes down. She's got to go save her dad. Awesome. She, she leaves the bus behind. She's going to meet oh. the radius. So then uh, we're back with Jack and the villain's calling again. He's following up with the terms of how he wants his money to be transferred to his accounts, whatever. The rich guy is actually following through. He's actually sorting this shit out. It's going to take some time, but the process has started. Just to piss Jack off, he makes Annie scream somehow. 
just before he hangs up. Yep. Jack's raging. He's so pissed off with his unfair life. But then the tech guy speaks up. You know what? He actually has a bit of an idea. One arm. Who is it? Is this the tech guy that is So this is the, is rich, rich? the rich guy. Yeah, rich tech guy. So He's like a tech billionaire, so whatever. One armed man wants 20 million. Yeah. And instead of just paying him, tech guy's like, I think I can figure this whole thing out. No, no, it started the process oh, so to he's, transfer. He's got his people working on yeah, transfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In yeah, the meantime, okay. he's like, I can use my tech skills to. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So well, now it's we're a very in. 2016 speed film. Yeah, yeah. Now we're in um, the the villain's sort of lair. Everything's in place. He's making his preparations to kind of get away with it. He's about to leave. Sandy doesn't know what she's doing. She knows she's got to do something. So she starts taunting him. She still hasn't even seen his face, but she's like, she starts to taunt him. He's ignoring her. Until she mocks his disability. He's only one arm. She calls him a coward. And it gets under his skin. He comes out of the shadows. And who is it? It's former Captain McMahon. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Who's actually at the start of Speed 2 as well. Does he lose an arm at the start of Speed 2? No, no. He's fine then. Okay. All right. She's she's shocked, you know. He is super bitter. You know, he starts speaking about like a long tradition of the corrupt LAPD. He was screwed over and now he wants recourse, you know. But more than that, he wants to fuck over the course of his tragedy. Fucking risk-taking Jack. Harry said it to him back back in the early days, like, uh, guts will get you so far and then they'll get you killed. Nice. This is all about how uh, Jack would always take risks. He kind of believed he was the movie star and so he would take risks and it all paid off until fucking Jack Cravens got 10 hostages blown up and four police officers injured, including McMahon, who lost his arm in the process. Okay. okay. Fucking Jack. And to top it all off... McMahon is the commanding officer. The book got thrown at him. Oof. Jack too. They were both screwed over and they've never been the same since. Sandy says she never knew and, of, and he's like, of course, of course she didn't know. You know. Jack never even reached out once. He just straight away spiraled into an addiction of painkillers after he recovered from his injuries. Such a selfish prick. You know, that wasn't too hard. He could get past that. You know, they were all ashamed and angry. They didn't want to see each other. But then when Jack managed to find his way out of that misery with Sandy... And then with young Katie, and he just got the happy family. Meanwhile, McMahon just gets a fucking stump sticking out of his shoulder. No, it was too much. He'd suffered way too much, and it was time for him to make things even. McMahon's so riled up, he decides to make a slight change of plans. He opens the cell up where Sandy is. He fishes out an extra vest, and he slips it on Annie and turns it on. He tells her now it's her time to finally feel the bite of explosives, the ones that are always meant for her but she never actually experiences. Okay, we're back at Keanu's bus where the rich guy, he's noticing the new blip on the radar. It's dead in the middle of the two sort of collectives of blips on the wings. This one's right in LA. This is, as we know, this is Sandy's one. And it sparks a bit of an idea in him. He runs it by Jack. It's risky. Jack tells him not to do it. He doesn't want to sign off any risks anymore. It makes him anxious to talk about it. He sends the tech guy back to his seat who thinks he's got to figure it out. He tests it himself and it works. He manages to turn off his vest. He's figured it out. The tech guy starts to switch off everyone's vests and Jack finally actually rises up to it and he learns how to do it too. Everyone in his bus has now been rescued. I guess uh, I probably should have built sort of the triumph of this more. I want it to be like the rescue where they slide in the bottom and get that epic Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not an epic moment, but, you know, like the sentiment's got to be. Sure. I just even like just I'm imagining all the all the sort of cutting from light going off to light going off to light going off to light going off. Music swelling. Yeah. 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 Uh, they finally, they pull the bus up. They're all safe. It's all over for them. Keanu's still kind of beating himself up for his inaction. It's like he can't find what he, should he have taken the risk or, or should he not take the risk? He doesn't know where he sits. 
as the passengers all basically just get the fuck out of there, Jack gets another call from McMahon. He's leaving for the docks. He's, yeah, he's looking at his sort of map of thing and he starts to mock Jack for losing all of his hostages while Alex is actually doing a pretty good job. Maybe Jack was never the, the cop that Alex was. Jack's going to bite on the, the little sort of bait that he set there, but then he, he holds himself. He's like, oh, McMahon doesn't actually know that we managed to figure it out. McMahon tells Jack that even though um, Jack doesn't have to worry about, you know, all these now dead passengers, well, now he's got to worry about Sandy, who's hooked up to her own vest. And top it all off, he feels like he's going to shrink the thing a little bit faster. <laughs> um, Jack keeps his uh, newfound information himself and he races off. He's got to head and find those Mexican hostages. We cut back to uh, Shaw riding behind Flo and he notices something in her hair. Is that a, between the flashes of her flowing hair? Is that blonde roots? And then he notices something else. <laughs> it's a fucking cochlear implant behind her ear. Oh, boy. Oh. Do it. He asks her a question about France that she said, and she doesn't know the answer. She's not even French at all. She's been making that part up. I don't know how I'm going to sort of convey this, but you know, it's basically she wanted to hide her accent from being deaf most of her life, so she adopted yeah. a foreign accent. Yeah, okay, cool. Meanwhile, we cut to Katie. Uh, she's racing towards Alex, who's fallen behind with Drew. The radius is shrinking. She's looking at this thing. She knows which one flow is with Alex. They're not sure if Flo's got an active one or not, but they don't really trust me, man. So I figured she's probably just likely to explode, even though she was in on it. She's getting closer, but she's realizing she's not going to make it in time. Something slowed them down and they've just basically stopped. She checks the map again and watches as the blip is overtaken by the radius. It beeps and then it's gone. Katie calls Jack. She's distraught. Her father's dead. Just when she finally could prove that he was innocent all along, when he could finally get his redemption, when she could finally get time with her real biological dad, it's taken away from her. Jack tries to console her, but, you know, he's kind of, he's not great at it. But he does he does sort of show that he's upset and that he admits that he was wrong. Do we need to see, like, an explosion or something? If she was sort of close enough, she's nearly there, nearly there. Does she yeah, need to hear? I, does someone else need to blow up? Or yeah, something I like don't that? know exactly. Um, this is a bit muddled because I was cramming it in. But, um... Jack tells her that it's okay. They've figured it out. They've defused the bombs on the, the northern passengers. He's got to finish this once and for all. We cut back to Jack. He's hanging out the back of one of Gigantor's uh, towing trucks. <laughs> and uh, they're looking at a map and they pull around a corner just in front of a big swarm of bikies with passengers on the back. <laughs> he needs Ortiz's help to translate the Spanish because Jack doesn't know shit. But then they manage to negotiate it and one by one, the bikies pull up next to Jack and he reaches out and he does his little trick that he's learned and he diffuses them one by one. Cool. I'm thinking that there's an opportunity here to have like maybe, maybe sort of another little obstacle, like some traffic, they're going to divert, people must sure. crash, yeah. whatever. Maybe they're going to go back to get someone fallen off, whatever. It's, but it's, you know, the point of this stretch is that he, he managed to get all of them free. Traffic thing would be good because, I don't know, I just feel like these bikies would be like, if you've got a bomb, get the fuck out of here. So there's yeah, traffic yeah. and then you have all these people just running at Jack, like trying to desperately to get him at yeah, times yeah. so he can defuse them. That could work. There's yeah. plenty of stuff to play with there, yeah, you know, like definitely. people running the wrong direction, that sort of shit. So basically after he's done this, he's going to pull over and it's like they take a moment to catch their breath. They actually managed to do it. He's probably going to have a big old bear hug with Ortiz. And he gets another phone call and it's McMahon. He's like, what did you do? He's forgotten the voice, voice decoder now. Yeah. Jack's like, McMahon? They have a tense exchange where they're kind of like verbally sparring, whatever, about like getting over old wounds and learning to forgive and forget, blah, blah, blah. I haven't written that part out, but yeah. it's going to be pretty tense. And Jack sort of can't help but gloat a bit. He's actually managed to solve this problem. McMahon's like, yeah, well, maybe I'll have the last laugh. He, um, he does one last trick and he activates one more tracker. 
Back in Katie's car, she's sitting on the bonnet and she's weeping. She finally had a chance to know her real father and he was taken away. But her grieving is interrupted with the sound of a chopper engine. It's Alex. He's alive. He figured out Flo was Drew without anyone's help. And what he did, he just booted her off the bike and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, perfect. They have a sweet moment where um, he thanks her. She was right all along. He knows. They hug it out. But the celebration interrupted by a beep. I did forget to mention this earlier, but after Keanu beat up Ruck and kicked him off the bus and Katie picked him up in case she needed him. So it's actually <laughs> Ruck. He's in the backseat of Katie's car, all bruised and battered, and he started beeping. Turns out McMahon has rigged him up without him knowing with the bomb. He can't get it off. And now there's a new radius. There's only two points in it. It's Alan Ruck and it's Sandy. And it's shrinking faster than ever. Ruck is basically just shrieking. It's a fucking pussy. <laughs> Katie's she's no nonsense. Just like when Jack in the first movie, when um, he gets the details, he just drops the phone and starts running. Yep. You know, he knows what he's going to do. Katie's no nonsense. She um, bails into the passenger seat, foot down, the wheels are spinning, you know? And we're now sort of like cutting between everyone. Everyone's sort of converging back on Sandy's location. I've got it on the map. I know where it is. Keanu's trying to get there. He wants to defuse Sandy's vest. Katie's trying to get there, keeping Ruck within range because he's getting close to them. And even McMahon, he's realised that they've stopped the money transfer and he's back to fucking finish it. He's going to fucking get his own. As they're getting right close to it, Keanu, I guess he's on a tow truck or whatever. McMahon's going to come in and um, he's going to, it's going to be a bit of a road sparring there. He's trying to knock him off the road, stop him from getting there in time. But Keanu's sort of going to be able to pull ahead. This is an interesting chase because it's just about sort of getting ahead. They can't stop for any reason, you know, yeah. like he, he can, he might have an opportunity to take McMahon out, but he can't because he's got to get there faster. They're going to get there around the same time. And then McMahon's going to sort of run in and he's going to run him down, crushing his leg. Seems like McMahon might have won until Keanu has a bit of a shake, grabs his crutch from where it's fallen, he twists his leg and pops off his prosthetic leg. Oh. Oh. He's been limping the whole time. Oh, boy. Oh. Keanu's an amputee. Hey. He, he suffered back in the day. He was one of the injured officers, and that's how he got addicted to painkillers. Oh, oh man. That's good. And uh, even McMahon is surprised by this. He'd, he'd forgotten or not known. They'd never really been in touch. Keanu uses this moment to sort of get the jump on him and probably with his crutch, I can't remember, they have a bit of a spa sort of like at the front of this building where Sandy's inside, the rage is shrinking, he's trying to get inside but Mon keeps grabbing him until Keanu finally like spins around and bests him and yep. gives McMahon a big shove. He stumbles backwards out into the path of an oncoming bus. Awesome. <laughs> Cleaned up. <laughs> I wanted to come up with a line there for Keanu to have, but I, I didn't come up with one fast enough this afternoon. Maybe like, oh, well. your ride has arrived or something like that. No. <laughs> like I said, I didn't come up with one that I was happy enough with. And just like that, McMahon's dead. You know, they've done it. Yep. But they hear the beeping. You know, fuck, it's still going. Katie arrives. She screeches to a halt in front of a big handbrake, slids, the confidence you've never seen come out of her. Ruck tumbles out of it, and Keanu immediately jumps over and starts to defuse his bomb. Um, just as the beeping inten in intensifies, they manage to stop it. <sighs> Ruck's safe. It's over. But then they realize that now there's a circle and it's just shrinking on this one spot in the middle inside their building. Like, fuck, we've got to defuse the last bomb too. It's not about a radius. So they start to race in. Keanu's only on one leg. He can't quite make it. He's not getting there fast enough. The beeping, the radius he looks at, it actually overtakes him. He's not going to make it in time. And then in comes Alex Shaw. He grabs up on one side of Keanu and they go in together. Oh, oh yes. As they're racing inside, I'm thinking like real tense, like round corners, round things, trying to figure it out, wrong turns, looking at the map, trying to figure it out. They get in there, they see Sandy within there. 
it's beeping, beep, 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 beep. I don't know exactly how this plays out, but I'm thinking that um, he can't quite reach her, but she managed to fall out of her chair close to him and he reaches through the bars and actually managed to diffuse it right at the last second. <sighs> She's saved. He gets her up, releases her and they kiss. It's fucking epic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then she sees Shaw, yep. Alex, Annie. Oh, shit, actually, I don't know when she would have been notified that he was innocent, but oh, whatever. let's assume that she's figured it out by now or it's been communicated. She's, uh, I'm sorry. And he's like, it's okay. She's like, I never knew. He's like, you never could have. And he notices Jack again. And she's like, you know that Jack and I, and he's like, yeah, I knew I lost you years ago. It's okay. I found someone else. He wraps Katie up in a big bear hug. Oh, man. I never doubted you, Dad. And he's like, I never doubted you either, Katie. Uh, they embrace. Keanu smiles at Katie. He's like, I'm so proud of you, Squirt. She just smiles up and hugs her by her dad's chest even harder. Keanu turns to Sandy as they limp outside. They're both battered and bruised, but he's leaning on her. He's leaning at one leg at the moment. They get out t- towards the front of the building. They can hear sirens converging on them. The cops are finally starting to figure shit out. Um, he's like, uh, I thought I lost you. Uh, I'm not going to ever lose you again. She's like... Last time we tried to build a relationship out of a tense situation. Fuck that, he says. <laughs> Annie, I don't care if it fails. It can fail a million times. I don't think I'm ever going to stop trying. Tears stream down their face. They embrace one last time as our camera shot flies up and the cop cars surround them. Roll credits. Oh. A little bit of heart there. Yep. Got me good. Got me. The two of them running in together. Yeah. That was oh, good. That was, that was great. Really good. That was That was beautiful. There was an abundance of uh, distant male father figures too, which yeah, which is ooh, kind of I loaded them in there for you, buddy. <laughs> your thing and mate, people grappling with their past. Yep, that's there for you too. A bit of legacy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. um. Oh, I've even got a bit of coming of age story with Katie there for release. So, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so you've ticked all the movie maintenance boxes. Yeah, yeah. it's good. <laughs> the thing is with this is I figured out all of this relationship stuff like early. Yeah, I didn't yeah, have all yeah. these action set pieces figured out well, till today. That's, that's probably the way you should do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like you know, action set pieces, particularly in descriptive context, it's like, well, you know, you can kind of you can kind of just infer what they're going to be. Like, yeah. oh, there's going to be a fight here, or yeah. oh, there's going to be this, or oh, there's going to be this. Like, you know, we yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but it's those um, emotional aspects that you're building around it. Good. That's good, what good, good. you know. Yeah, makes us care. Which My yeah, heart, yeah, I'm pretty I happy did. that it came together. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. There were a few things that jumped out at me, like um, how did he get the vest on Ruck without Ruck knowing? Yeah, I wasn't going to have it as a vest. I was going to have it as like a Just bracelet like, or something. Yeah, something yeah. in his pocket or some bullshit. Something in his pocket, something to, yeah, whatever. Um, also, when the first person- Although then he could just throw Yeah, but it away. he needs to still take it close to Sandy because he can't leave it behind. When the first person fell out of the radius and got blown up, I thought, maybe I heard this wrong, but I thought it was that- if any of them strayed outside of proximity with each other. Yeah, yeah. When I started writing this, I kind of, I think that was kind of like one of the ways yeah, I was going to do it. But sure then I changed because I wanted to have it. I, think, also, I, needed someone, I, need I think you have to do it your, the way you do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I need how? someone to die like Helen getting dragged under the wheels of the bus and Absolutely. speed one. You, you, gotta, you, gotta you also got to figure out like how, um, birds, how Sandy's suicide was faked because yeah, yeah. somebody would have been asked to identify the body at some point. Keanu yeah, probably yeah. would have insisted he could um, see it. I thought about this, but I didn't bother putting it in, but it was just along the lines of they were led to believe that she jumped off a cliff, never found the body, that sort of thing. And she'd struggled with depression and suicide before, and so it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Also, I think we need to see Flo blow up. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. A, maybe like a really gratuitous flashback because I like the you know the sort of double twist where you think Alex has died then he hasn't. That's really cool. But I just think for pure audience satisfaction no. purposes, you got to see Flo blow up. I agree. Actually, I had it in there before, but then maybe I, I, like, I was trying to figure out a way to have it reveal. It's like she's like running down the street and he's just like riding off on a hog. Yeah, he just like doesn't look back. And he's then like, this is the this is the person who fucked up his whole life. She put him in prison for twenty yep. years. And now she's trying to fucking engineer him falling in love with her again. Actually, yeah, do you almost need a scene where he confronts her about that and it's kind of like, yeah, Fuck yeah, you. yeah, probably definitely. Actually, I think um, no, I think it's as simple as like maybe if maybe if he's I don't know if it was her riding the bike and he was on the back or the other way around. Maybe it switches at one point, and it can be simple as like he's in the back, he looks back, he sees the cochlear impl- implant, and then he kind of like maybe asks her like that can be when he asks her the question about France. Mm, maybe he asks her that question, and then that's when we cut to the daughter seeing it on the radar thing. Yeah. And then we sort of see it in a flashback lady. He asks her that question. She answers, the, gives the wrong answer. Then he asks her something else about, but something pertaining to the lie she told. Yeah. And then we have that moment of realization where she knows that he knows and he realizes who she is. And then it's as simple as him giving like one badass kiss offline and then elbowing her off the bike. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like riding Perfect. off as she like kind of, she can scream after and be like, Alex. Yeah, yeah. And then. I am um, at one point I was like, I guess I was toying with the idea of like, oh, so maybe like should Katie take her down? And I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking kind of sick of just like, oh, let's pair the two girls off and they're fine. Yeah, no, I'm like, think, nah. Yeah. I'm nah. like, I, he needed Alex Shaw to be the one to do it, but I also didn't want him to like end in a fist fight, you know? No, what I mean? of course you know? not. So course obviously, not. yeah, him just like shoving off the back of the bike yeah. and as she like gets blown up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You got me good with Sandy at the start. I assumed they were all like gathering for like a 20 year reunion or something. No, I thought, I thought straight away the moment he was like, they're Sandy. gathering and he was like, and he's here and he's here. And I was like, he's not saying Sandy. He's not saying Sandy. I was like, she's going to be dead. She's oh, going to be dead. Man. It got me. But I did think the moment you said there she is, I was like, mm, there's going to be more to this. And there um, was. I think her arc could even be like, because if they believe that, yeah, she jumped off a cliff or whatever, it's because she's addicted to something and she's like uh, she, depressed I said she stuff. had struggled with alcoholism and, um, and, and PTSD, you that. but she'd been good for a while. Yeah. So, like, her, her arc could be more like, while she's captured, she sort of rediscovers, like, oh, no, I want to live. I have things to live for, that sort of That's thing. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, it's a pretty dark place to start from. Um, It could even be, like, you know, that Especially whole, for a character like her who's quite light. Well, particularly in the second the second film, is if it's all about her, like, you know, wanting to get away from those stressful situations and everything, you could start with her being, like, quite terrified and quite PTSD and quite, like, out of her mind when she's stuck in that situation. Like, not again, yeah. not again not again and then you can kind of have her arc being like her rediscovering her backbone her rediscovering mm. yeah ability to take risks it almost be like know. a like a cold opener like if she's like on the cliff she's drunk she's talking about this or whatever um, and then she's kidnapped yeah she's kidnapped by mcmahon you only need one arm to kidnap her i don't know how it works <laughs> One of those like little needles that Dexter always used. Yeah, like or this knockout gas that he apparently has. You there's, can do there's some, whatever you want. There's some plot holes. Ah. I, I filled in a ton today. But when it's you, good in terms of because we haven't seen the second one, but it's not very well received. But I think you've succeeded in making Speed great again. Yes, so that's good. I didn't plan on weaving Speed Two back through this as much as I did. It worked but, kind of beautifully though. Yeah, I think it worked. But then really when well. I want to, yeah, I think it was back in the day. I think maybe um, we talked about this. Like instead of having some fancy new transport, instead we go back to basics to just have more, more of it, more, yeah. multiple buses. Yeah. And then I wanted a new thing as opposed to just like, oh, you need to stay above fifty or something. Yeah, you know. You can't so do that I came again, up with yeah. my tricky radius thing. Yeah, it walked a pretty fine line between being homagey but not, but also like the logical next step. The radius um, thing's like a little harder to get your head around than the 50 miles, but mm, on screen. On screen, with the thing, you've got with, maps. With the map, yeah. yeah, and, you know, it's also like it's it's the third film. Like you don't need to have something as ingenious as the has to say above this speed or else it blows up. Yeah. 
it works. It just kind of makes it a bit more elaborate, makes it a bit more complex. Yeah, you probably have to do yeah. a little bit more with the rich guy and like what's going on with him putting the funds together, sort of thing. There just yeah. needs to be like a few. More I um I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, uh, in Speed One, um, you get to know a bunch of the different characters because yeah. you're on the bus with them. I'm like, I just ignored all the actual current hostages and just went with like hostages from the first one, brought them back in, yeah, gave yeah, them no, time. I liked it. Gigantor. Gigantor. Gigantor towing. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I think just for me, it's got to be his wife pulling him out of the ditch. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And him just like, I got a wife. <laughs> Beautiful swell of music. That would touch my heart. Yep. No, man, that's great. I was very satisfied. Um, that is a speed three I would like to see. Me um, too. I probably still won't watch speed two. No, I kind um, of will for Willem Dafoe. Well, look, yeah. you know what? When you attach Keanu and Sandy to this, yeah. then I'll watch speed two. Right. That's my deal. Good. That's a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I definitely want my speed knowledge to be completely up to scratch when Speed 3 does hit cinemas. Yep. And on that note, I've been Gabe. I've been Sean. I've been Adam. Yeah, if you have any ideas about the Speed franchise, Speed 2, the quality or lack thereof, or um, any ideas for Speed 3 or any feedback, um, you can email us in at sanspantsradio at gmail.com or hit, hit us up on Twitter on at sanspantsradio or our personal Twitters, I'm at Gobergmoser. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. I'm at Watbox Adam. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the show, why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows, a bunch of exclusive content, and much, much more. That's sanspantsplus.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.